Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching from Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist, hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It is to be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses, and was raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When a traveler in the early days of the West came to the Mississippi River, he discovered there was no bridge. Fortunately, it was winter and the great river was sheeted over with ice. But the traveler was afraid to trust himself to it, not knowing how thick it was. So finally, with infinite caution, he crept on his hands and knees and managed to get halfway over. And then he heard singing from behind. Cautiously, he turned, and there out in the dusk came another traveler driving a four-horse load of coal over the ice, singing as he went. The second traveler was a local man who knew the river. He knew the winter ice, and therefore he trusted that it would carry his load of coal. He had faith in the ice. What do you have faith in? We Christians talk a lot about faith. We Lutherans think we have faith pretty much figured out. We are saved by faith in Christ Jesus. We are justified through faith in Christ. Righteousness comes by faith. 
Now, all these are found in the Book of Romans, a mighty important part of the Bible for Lutherans. The definition of faith is to have trust in something. I propose that by definition, you have faith in many things. Those of you who drive demonstrate that you have, by your actions, that you have faith in your car's braking system. You have faith in your car's brakes that if you are willing to be driving at 60 miles an hour in heavy traffic, knowing that the situation could change in an instant, that's faith. Those of you who have life insurance have faith that your husband or spouse loves you more than the $50,000 that is only a heartbeat away from your bank account. Those of you who pay me to lead you in your walk with the Lord and to teach you about God and salvation have faith that I will only speak the truth according to the Holy Scriptures. Those of you who are planning for upcoming trips, birthdays, 4th of July celebrations, if you planted a garden or a tree, you have faith that the sun will continue to rise each morning for an extended period of time. Each of these examples are built on some knowledge base, a demonstrated pattern of behavior or experience. Today's New Testament reading from the fourth chapter of Romans is about a different kind of faith. This is the faith of Abraham, one we can call a forefather by faith. From other passages, we know that Abraham's extended family was polytheistic. That is, they worshipped many gods. And it's certainly possible that he may have heard of Yahweh, the one true God. What we know for sure is that when God called Abraham to follow only him, this call came out of the clear blue sky. Now, there was no law to keep, no rules to follow in order to make himself deserving of God's favor. In fact, it would be another 430 years before God gave the law through Moses at Mount Sinai. Abraham had no real knowledge of God, no demonstrated pattern of behavior with God, and no experience with God. And yet he listened and obeyed. He had faith in God. If you read the story of Abraham, in Genesis chapters 12 through 25, you will see that after Abraham answered the call from God to pack up and move to a distant land, after Abraham was promised that he and his wife would have a son, even though they were far into old age, after Abraham was told that God chose him to be the father of many nations, after this incredible encounter with God, Abraham messed up in a big way, several times. And yet, Scripture tells us that Abraham was made righteous by his faith, not by his adherence to any law, not by his patience. When Abraham thought the situation at hand was too much for God to work his plan and God was taking too long, Abraham took the situation into his own hands and really messed up his life. He was not made righteous by his godly behavior. 
after receiving promises from God, but before actually seeing them come to fruition, Abraham sinned big time, twice. And still God made Abraham righteous by his faith, by his sometimes weak, sometimes faltering faith. The Apostle Paul points out four things about Abraham's faith. First, he tells us what faith is not. It is not trying to obey and fulfill some law. Righteousness was given to Abraham long before the law was ever given. It is not doing your best to try to live up to a standard that you think you have to meet. That is living by works, not living by faith. The law requires one thing, that we love God with all our heart and strength and mind and our neighbors as ourselves. If we obey the law, God will accept us as righteous. We will have earned his approval. Our dilemma is that we can't. We cannot love God or anyone else as we ought. Thus, the law is worthless in obtaining the promise of righteousness, the promise of being fellow heirs of the world with Christ. Second, Paul looks at what faith does. It is by faith that God's promise comes to us. We become part of the family of God. We are forgiven all our messy past. We find ourselves being approved, loved, wanted, and accepted before God. That is an awesome promise. This promise obtained by faith also means the Holy Spirit of God will dwell with and within us. Another thing faith does is to introduce the concept of grace. The law condemns, grace enables. The law helps us come to grace. It is grace that claims the promise. And thanks be to God, grace is dependent upon God and not us, because God will never fail to deliver on a promise. Third, Paul looks at what faith is. Paul says the key is the object of faith. God was the object of Abraham's faith. The quality of your faith depends upon the object in which that faith has placed its trust. It is oh so easy for mankind to place his faith in the wrong things. Jesus did not demand perfect faith or even deep faith. In fact, he said, Faith the size of a mustard seed can be powerful. It is not a question of how little or how big your faith is. It's a question of how big your God is. That is why you should not talk about your faith. Rather, talk about the God in whom your faith is fixed. Fourth, Paul shows us obstacles to faith. Whenever we are called to exercise faith, there are obstacles. Abraham faced two dreadful obstacles. First, there were hopeless circumstances. Abraham's body and his wife Sarah's womb were old. They were so old that they were sexually dead. 
However, the promise of God that Abraham would be the father of a nation, of many nations, and that through his line, a child would come who would be the savior of all, hung on the fact that a child must be born to this ancient childless couple. Yet scripture says he did not weaken in faith and no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. The second obstacle was the promise itself with its staggering possibilities. How could Abraham wrap his brain around the promise that the heir of the whole world would come from him and that he would be given such a high standing that future nations would call him Father Abraham. Nonetheless, he remembered that this promise came from he who creates all that exists out of nothing. If anyone could bring about this impossibility, it would be his God. Finally, our text tells us that it was written for us believers to whom God will credit righteousness. Faith will take hold of that promise and grow because the promise and our belief are grounded in the God in whom all things are possible. As our faith grows, so does our knowledge of God and our understanding of our value in his sight. As faith grows, so does our desire to glorify God. Faith grounds us on the truth. That is, that truth that is Jesus Christ, who was handed over to death for our sins and God raised him for our justification. The African Impala can jump to a height of over 10 feet and can cover a distance of greater than 30 feet. And yet these magnificent creatures can be kept in an enclosure in a zoo with a three foot wall. The animals will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will land. Faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we are freed from the fear that we allow to entrap us. You have a God who can raise things from the dead and who can call into existence the things that do not exist. This God wants to be with you for all eternity and enacted a plan that will make that happen. Put your faith in him and then hang on tight for the ride of your life. Let us pray. Father, how we thank you for this example of Abraham. What a tremendous example of faith he is. How richly he has gifted us. By the example of faith, he has taught us how to trust against the circumstances that surround us when we have a promise to oppose against it, and a God who says he will do something and who cannot fail. May our eyes therefore be fixed upon that God. May we take from his hand this morning the gift of righteousness which we need daily. 
Lord, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray in his name. Amen.